0: Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com EffortlessEnglishClub.com Join my VIP program there. Thank you, Roosevelt. What's the weather like out there? It's hot. Damn hot. Real hot. Hot and this is my shorts. I can cook things in it. Little crotch pot cooking. Well, can you tell me what it feels like? Foo, well, it's hot. I told you again. Were you born on the sun? It's damn hot. It's damn hot! Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. Today, we went to the zoo, the Osaka Zoo. And I don't know what the temperature was today, but 98, 99, 100, something like that Fahrenheit. Very, 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 very hot. If you remember the Fahrenheit lesson from an earlier podcast, remember that high 90s or 100 is super hot. Super, super hot. And of course, humid too. The sun was beating down on us the whole time. Woo. I was pouring sweat. My shirt was wet the whole day. However, I did discover one cool benefit of doing this. And that is, the zoo was not crowded usually. The Osaka Zoo was super crowded. Tons of people. Lots of people everywhere. But... It seems if you go in the middle of summer, during the hottest part of the day, (laughs) that you can avoid many of the crowds. Especially today, the kids are in school, so very few people there, which was very nice, actually. We got to easily walk around, we could see all the animals quite clearly. So, maybe that's one secret. In general, I like to go to places like during the week, during while people are working, while people, while other people are working or have their kids in school, because then most places usually then are much, much, much less crowded, especially popular places like zoos and aquariums and things like that. So I guess it's another advantage, actually. If you think about it, it's another advantage of. Being an entrepreneur or a freelancer, being your own boss where you get to uh, modify your schedule. You know, sometimes I'm busy and I can't do things, but uh, certainly more flexible than a job. If I was working a nine to five job, could not have gone today at all. But it is hot. That was a little, by the way, that little segment comes from Good Morning Vietnam. That was Robin Williams doing a joke about... How hot it is. As you probably know, I'm on Instagram now. Finally, on Instagram. My Instagram's growing very quickly, so join me over there. Follow me on Instagram if you are an Instagram person. If you like Instagram, then follow my official account, Effortless English Club, on Instagram. Effortless English. English Club, just like my website, Effortless English Club on Instagram. Of course, I put photos there. I do little short videos, things like that. You know, the normal Instagram stuff. Now, today's topic is about aging, aging, getting older recently reading about this and about thinking about the fact that aging is inevitable inevitable that's a good word inevitable now this is one of those words in English it's a little strange because there are a few words in English where we use the negative part the negative word, but we don't use the positive version of it. So, for example, we have legal and illegal. They're both words in English. Legal means, right, something that follows the law. Illegal means something that breaks the law. So adding that I in front of it, illegal, makes it negative, basically. Illegal and legal. But inevitable, we don't say evitable. <laughs> we never say, oh, that is evitable. Perhaps in the past, evitable was a a word that was used in English. I don't know. It might even be in the dictionary. I'm not sure. But it's certainly nothing we actually say. We, know, we never say, hmm, that is evitable. Nope, we only use the negative. Inevitable. Inevitable means unavoidable, cannot be avoided, cannot be avoided. It will happen, it must happen, and there's nothing you can do to prevent it, to stop it. So if you say aging is inevitable, that means aging will happen, there's absolutely nothing you can do to stop it. And that is true. It is. Aging is inevitable. Every year, you get a year older. Obviously. Logically. So all you can really do is try to age well. Meaning, you know, preserve as much health and fitness as you can. Preserve your brain as much as you can. All of those things. But you can't, you can't stop it. I think this is actually a valuable thing to think about. To think deeply about, to think seriously about, to think a lot about. Because we now again in our media culture around the world, we are very much encouraged to avoid thinking about this. And we get a lot of messages about, you know, youth, youth, youth. It's kind of sort of a youth worship youth-worshipping culture. And a lot of denial, a lot of denial about aging. For why it certainly is great and important to try to age as well as you can, to eat as well as you can, especially keep moving your body, keep moving your body. Stay as strong as you can. But the other side of that is we still have to recognize that it is inevitable it's inevitable and I think a lot of people just try to just try to push it out of their minds and not think about it at all I don't want to think about getting older I don't want to think about the fact that I'm going to get older and older in age and of course eventually die most people very much want to avoid that topic but by avoiding that topic, you actually, there, there are some consequences to avoiding that topic. And I think one of the consequences is that you, you trick yourself, you fool yourself. Kind of subconsciously, maybe. Maybe not quite realizing it. But that you're tricking yourself into thinking you have more time than you actually do. And what this means is Because you think you'll be young forever. You think everything is going to stay the same forever. You have this maybe irrational feeling or you just don't want to think about it and you you hope that's the case, but of course it's not. And you know logically it's not. But by avoiding thinking about aging, I think it's it's another problem where it, it allows a lot of people, especially younger people, to avoid doing what they really want and need to do. Ah, oh, maybe I can do it later. Huh? Push it off, push it off, push it away, push it aside. But the truth is, whatever your age is now, doesn't matter what your age is now, it doesn't matter if you're 15 now, or if you're 50, or if you're 85. The truth is, whatever it is you are dreaming about, or wanting to do, wanting to learn, wanting to try, that now is the best time. Now is your best opportunity because you are only going to get older. You're not going to get younger. Now is the time to take that trip instead of waiting. Now is the time to start that business instead of waiting. Now is the time to overcome that fear instead of waiting. Now is the time to live rather than waiting. the saddest version of this, this waiting, this waiting to live idea, uh, I I say would be sort of my parents' generation, perhaps, and going back earlier, maybe, but especially that generation where they 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 had this sort of idea that they were going to start really living their lives when they retired. Until then, they they started working these jobs, you know, that they didn't like. They were boring, and they just kind of did what they thought they had to do, what everybody else told them they needed to do, what they should do. And, you know, work, 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 work. And then when you're 65, you can retire, and that's when you'll travel the world, and that's when you'll do all those adventures. Foolish. Because most of them did not age well, did not take care of themselves, are not strong and fit and healthy at age 65 or 70. And so they get finally to that age of 65 or 67 or 70, and they're too tired, they're too unhealthy, they're too fat to do any of those great things they wanted to do. So think about it. Think about it. Really think about that thing you want to do. Vanya on our live show it was yesterday, a couple days ago, uh, I don't know if you, some of you might remember Vanya, He uh, a couple weeks ago, he was talking about, oh, what should I do? I, I, I really want to travel the world. I want to take a gap year, right? Had finished secondary school, what we call high school in the United States, and uh, you know, was considering college, but didn't really want to go straight to college. Wanted to travel, get some, you know, real life experience, making his own decisions doing what he wanted to do and so he de- he what's really cool is he decided to do it because he typed in a comment during the show i think it was last night and said hey it's me just wanted to tell you i'm doing it i'm working and traveling i'm going to work and travel for i get he said a gap year so i'm guessing for at least a year which is super fantastic good decision in my opinion I mean, there's no hurry for that. All that uh, other stuff, <laughs> the normal stuff, it can wait a few years. So good for him. Good for him. Just to say congratulations to him. I think we can all learn from that, you know, because the, the time is now. The other thing that I think about are just entrepreneurs in general. I'm starting to develop in my mind a way of deciding if someone is really an entrepreneur or not or like a pretend entrepreneur. I've had a good number of dealings with people, you know, asking me for advice about starting a business. I've uh, gotten a good amount of uh, experience from this, and then from the show, lots and lots and lots of people commenting, and sort of feeling the questions, feeling the, the fears and the worries and all this stuff. And I'm finally starting to get a kind of a clear idea about... You know, what are the top priorities for an entrepreneur? How can you really decide if you're an entrepreneur or not? It helps me too when I'm giving advice because I realize, you know, not everyone is an entrepreneur and I'm trying to figure out how can I tell, right? How do I know if someone's coming to me and they're not sure and they're talking about this? I don't want to tell someone who's not really an entrepreneur. I don't want to tell them, yes, do it because maybe it's not really the right choice for them. But if I can feel it, if I kind of feel this person really is an entrepreneur, well, that, that kind of person I want to tell. Go for it. Do it. Stop waiting. Do it now. So what is this thing? How have I determined this? And what I determined was this, that perhaps the most important characteristic of a true entrepreneur is what we might call a bias for action. Bias means like a desire uh, An inclination. And it basically means this, that real entrepreneurs, they are focused on action. Action, action, action. They're always wanting to take action. And pretend entrepreneurs always want to just talk, 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 talk. That's the big difference. I'll give you an example. Let's imagine. You've got two people, a pretend entrepreneur and a real one. Potentially real. Well, step one, they both... Oh, they try to think of all these ideas. Ah, what can I do for my business? And they, you know, they both are creative and they make a big list. Let's say they make a list of 20 ideas for businesses. And they both make their list of 20. And then they look over that list and they each, they circle one they think is the best idea. This is a great idea. This is such a fantastic business idea. Oh, I'm so excited about it. So, so far, they seem exactly the same. It's hard to tell the difference. How, how do we know, right? There's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of people will do these first steps. Write down a, or think of a huge number of ideas and then pick one that they think, this is a great idea. I've got this great idea for a business. And I've heard that phrase, that sentence so many times. But what happens next is what shows the difference between pretend and real. The pretend person will then talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk talk endlessly about that idea. Forever. And then they'll research that idea and then they'll think of all the possible problems with the idea and some people will write out big long business plans about the idea and on and on and on. The real entrepreneur's are so excited about that idea that they want to immediately start you 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 can't stop them they immediately want to jump in and try that idea somehow some way and so what they will do is they will try to do that idea let's say it's a product they will the fake person will just talk, talk, talk endlessly about this product, this cool product, this is an amazing product. Oh, it's such a good idea. And then they research it and they think of the possible problems. And, oh, there's all these legal things. Oh, it's going to take so much work. And uh, on, 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 talk, 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 think, 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 plan, 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 plan and plan and plan and plan and plan forever. And then the real entrepreneur, same idea, will think, they get their cool idea and they're just going to jump in. They will immediately, immediately, like that same week, start creating that product. Because once they have an idea they think is good, they have this almost, you know, obsession, this strong, strong desire to take action, to do it. They hate waiting. They're very impatient about this. And this can be a weakness sometimes. But... I think it's also the greatest strength of real entrepreneurs. And so what they will do is they will just create that product good enough. Because again, they're so impatient, they're not going to just try to make it perfect. The fake people will talk, 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 plan, 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 plan for months and months and months and months. Maybe they'll start working on it, but then it's never good enough. It's never good. Oh, no, I still got to improve this. Oh, I still got to improve that. Oh, I got to do that. Uh, and then again, you know, like months and months and months and months and months to get it absolutely perfect. Whereas the real entrepreneur will just make it good enough. He won't, you know, they, they'll try to make it good. They'll realize, okay, I need to do this good, good enough to get it out there to put it in the public to try to sell it but it won't be perfect as soon as they feel like ah you know that's good enough boom they start selling it they start doing they they launch it and then what happens well what we've been talking about right the last few weeks just like that that good old basic scientific method they get a result They get a result. They take the action. They put the product out. And they get some kind of result. It sells. It doesn't sell. It sells a lot. It sells a little. It doesn't sell at all. People say, this sucks. Or people say, this is fantastic. Or something, or whatever, right? They get feedback in many, many, many ways from the real world. From real people. Real customers and potential customers. And therefore, the real entrepreneur learns a huge amount because they got the product out there. They did it. They launched it. They took action quickly. And as we were talking about before, it almost doesn't matter what happens, really. It almost doesn't matter if it fails or succeeds. I don't really think it's important because the thing is, whatever happens, the entrepreneur is then going to Again, look at what they're going to examine and observe and analyze everything that happened with that product. Did it sell well? Did it not? Who bought it? Who didn't buy it? What, did, what were people saying? And then guess what's going to happen? The entrepreneur is going to suddenly get another huge number of ideas about how to improve it or change it or do something else and they'll make another huge list and then they'll circle again one or two or three uh, that they think are the best and then once again they're going to feel this strong strong desire to immediately take action on those new ideas those new improvements those changes and they'll launch those changes very quickly so they're just in it right they're in it right away with real people real customers they have a real business very quickly and this is why they succeed if they limit their risk and if they manage their cash two very important things but assuming they do those two things and they just keep following that method eventually they you know let's say two years later they've launched one or probably two or maybe three products they've updated each of those products several times they've built a Social media following, and they've been interacting constantly with their customers and their potential customers. They know their customers and potential customers very, very, very well. They know their market well. They've learned how to do marketing, they've learned how to do sales. Meanwhile, the pretend entrepreneur is still planning because the product's just not quite good enough yet, two years later, I just got to make a couple more things, and I just need, now I need to get some investors. I just got to, if I just get investors, then I'll have enough money, because I need, you know, $50,000 to launch my company, and do a marketing campaign, and make sure the product is perfect, and the packaging is perfect, and everything's perfect, and then, once I get those investors, then I'll finally launch my business. Most of them never, ever, ever do it. It's all just a dreaming excuse. It's lots and lots and lots of talk and pretending and thinking and planning, but no action. And then some do launch, but they're so slow that they get destroyed by the real entrepreneurs. right? Because two years later, the real entrepreneur has, like I said, has, has launched so many different products and variations and upgrades and gotten so much information from customers and potential customers and has learned so many skills. They are now far, far, far ahead of the pretend entrepreneur. The pretend entrepreneur finally launches their first product after two years. Well, they're now two years behind the real guy. Two years behind in terms of learning, real knowledge, real experience. And then even after they launch, these pretend entrepreneurs tend to follow the same pattern. They go so slowly. They try to have everything perfect. They try to control everything. And this is why most fail. This is why you have these huge percent, this huge percent of entrepreneurial failures. And what's sad is that a lot of times the pretend people fail in a much bigger way with, with much more risk because uh, they think they're actually they think they're lowering their risk. For example, a lot of, they, they'll try to get investors or they'll borrow large amounts of money and try to launch their business with you know fifty thousand dollars. Well, guess what? Now they're risking fifty thousand dollars on an idea and no experience and no and they have they don't know at all if that idea is going to work or not. But they're going to gamble $50,000 hoping that it does. That's crazy. That's high risk and it's foolish. The real entrepreneur will launch their product as cheaply as they possibly can. Because they just want to get it out there and they want to limit their risk. So maybe they, let's say they spend $5,000. Well, now they're only risking $5,000. I mean, that's It's not nothing, but it's not going to destroy you if you lose $5,000. And many, 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 especially now with all the online e-commerce, it is possible to launch businesses and products so cheaply, just with hundreds of dollars, just hundreds of dollars only. That's the smart way to do it. But again, it kind of comes back. I'm going to circle back. In fact, let me talk about the VIP program first, a little promotion for my VIP program, and then we'll come back and circle back to our original topic. So, my VIP program is designed, as I've said, to get you to that advanced level. Advanced fluency, meaning that when you're speaking, you really are fluent, okay? So, you're not, you're not translating in your mind. You're not thinking about grammar rules. Those words are just coming out in English very naturally. And also, advanced with your confidence. You feel confident when you're speaking English. You're not shy. You're not nervous. And also, that you have some persuasiveness. You have some communication power. You're using English in a way that's powerful, persuasive, that gets you what you want in life, So you'll get two units each month, and each of those units has usually about four audios, sometimes more, four or five audio files. Everything's based on listening with the VIP program, with all of my courses, in fact. As you know, one of my rules is learn with your ears, not with your eyes. This is specifically for speaking. Reading and writing is different, but for speaking, learn with your ears. So, uh, they are audio-based programs, which is very, very important. You did not get enough of that, unfortunately, in your school classes. So, you get these audios, and then you use deep learning, which means lots of repetition. It means you're learning for mastery. You're not just learning so you kind of know, oh, I know it. I listened. It was easy. I understand everything. Now, I know it. Well, you might know it, but you have not mastered it. To master it means you can instantly understand everything and you can use it. And that takes a lot of repetitions. You know, I always give the golf example because it's a very clear example. Because in golf, anyone who plays golf knows that, you know, most golfers spend most of their time practicing their swing. Really, it's just one swing. It's one swing. You you do it harder or you do it softer. You might make little small changes to it depending on the distance and the club you're using or whatever. But, you know, basically you have a swing. So, you know, just just to, you know, swing the golf club back and then forward again and hit a ball. I mean, that's the, the idea of it. To understand it is super simple. It's, oh, you lift it up and then you swing. And then if you... Maybe you get some lessons from a golf pro. They'll show you how to hold it correctly, and they'll show give you some tips. So again, there, it's, it's not like it's hard to understand these tips. You know, keep your eye look, keep your head steady. You know, keep, stay looking down. You know, don't don't be too tense. You know, you get you know, move your hips so whatever. So these again, the idea of just understanding that. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, I understand. So you go, yeah, I understand that. No problem. And then what happens? Then you try to actually do those very simple things and you hit the ball into the trees. you know, ah, what? You find that it might be simple, but it's not easy. <laughs> okay? To actually master that swing, that very simple swing that seems so easy to understand, takes thousands and thousands and thousands of repetitions. And even, of course, the, the top Pro players still every single day are swinging, practicing that same swing hundreds of times, maybe thousands of times, some of them. So mastery requires a huge amount of repetition with concentration, focused repetition. And so you do that in the VIP program as well. So look, just check it out. Check out the VIP program. I just recommend... Uh, just try it it's a dollar to try you can try it for 10 days it's only a dollar so just go over to effortlessenglishclub.com effortlessenglishclub.com and sign up for the VIP program try it for one dollar effortlessenglishclub.com so back to our topic we're talking about uh, entrepreneurs this 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 desire for <clears throat> immediate action. Now, like I said, sometimes it is a little bit of a a weak point as well <laughs> because uh, I know I'm like this, I'm so impatient, not patient about things with my business sometimes that I maybe I'll take action too fast and I put stuff out too quickly. I've done that in the past and sometimes I have to remind myself, okay, slow down a little bit. But overall, overall, as with you know the military similar <laughs> in general taking faster action usually will get you much more success in life and it it will get you to, you'll learn more you know one of the advantages of 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 aging for example if you do it well is that you get a lot more experience i can't remember there's a famous quote about this that you know if you live let's say you live 60 years right if you live well then you have 60 years of experience 60 years of learning but the problem is that most people just have one year repeated 60 times this is an exaggeration of course but the it, it's it it's a good idea and it, and it's a very clear and i think uh, correct idea the idea is that A lot of people just, you know, every single year is exactly the same, right? They just, they're just doing the same thing year after year after year and they're never doing anything different. They're not getting new experiences. They're not really learning and therefore they don't become wiser. See, there are rewards to aging, but only if you do it well. You know, we, we always see in the media, where we have this idea, oh, aging's so terrible, because your body starts to get weaker and have problems. But there are rewards, too. If you do it well, meaning you really live your life fully, as much as you can, and try to learn, and try to do these experiences, and really live now, well, you'll gain greater confidence. You know, that's one of the great... Rewards of aging and experience is that you feel more confident. It's just natural. It's very unusual for someone to feel less confident at age fifty than when they were twenty. Maybe it can happen, <laughs> but, but most of the time, the fifty-year-old is much more confident because they know a lot more. They have so much more experience, and they've over. And a lot of it too is they've overcome difficulties much more difficult they've lived longer therefore they've had more challenges they've overcome them and now they have greater confidence because of that wisdom is another one wisdom is kind of like knowledge but it's it's, it's also just knowing how to use knowledge so it's not just learning a bunch of stuff but really understanding what's meaningful what's really important another advantage of aging is, is a kind of more peacefulness in general, you become... Most people become more, a little more peaceful. And you, I was going to say more patient, but maybe not always. <laughs> but this only happens when you live honestly, when you live boldly, when you live virtuously, when you really live. When each year you're gaining new experiences and where you're really trying to follow what's in your heart, you know? Not just doing what everybody else is doing because you think that's what you're supposed to do. Because there's also a very, very, very sad side to aging if you don't do those things. What happens is, as you get older, you start to be filled with regrets, right? So this is what happens, like those people who dreamed of traveling the world and whatever, you know doing all these great things and they had all these amazing dreams and they went and got a job and they said, ah, oh, you know, when I retire, I'll do it later, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. And then they get to 65 and they're, they're, they've are they're they become, you know, fat and tired and old and then they never do any of it and then they start, they feel this regret. "I I never did that. I never did it. I always wanted to do that and I never did. I never tried this. I never did that. I never really lived. I just was... Stuck, just doing what everybody else wanted me to do. I've met plenty of people who say those things. And what comes with that also is a kind of bitterness. Bitterness is kind of like a a low amount of anger that's always there. Like a disappointment in their life. And that's terrible. You don't want to end up that way. I'm sharing these terrible stories this terrible idea with you so that you do not become that. So if you're 30 and you're thinking, "Ah, well, it's too late now. I already got, I already have this career. I can't I can't go start a side business. I can't just go travel the world." Yes, you can. Because if you don't when you're 60, you're going to look back and you're going to feel a huge amount of regret and bitterness that you never did what you felt was right, what you felt that you needed to do and it doesn't have to by the way you know I'm mentioning a few things that I really like traveling and learning and that kind of stuff but it, it could also just be you know it could be having a child it could be starting a family it could be something like that too whatever it is it could be becoming a monk for a year <laughs> I don't know right you, you know my, my point is just you know do it because you are going to get older and the good side of that is you're still alive. You're still alive. You still have time. Don't regret it. Do it now. Whatever it is. All right. It's time for me to go. Have a great evening or day. And, you know, decide what that dream is and take some action on it. Just start thinking more like an entrepreneur in any part of your life, in all parts of your life. Remembering that you are going to get older. Remember that life is not forever. So don't end up with regrets. All right, I'll see you next time. Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com dot com.